0: Learn more at marines.com. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Alex Dunn. Chris, how's it going,
1: man? Going great. Uh... In Cincinnati, ready for some Steelers football and then some Pirates-Reds baseball. Four you know, games in three days.
0: You know, I I really thought this over, and there was... I, I have not once, since I joined the site, missed a Pirates series in Cincinnati until this one, and... Man, oh, man, am I not going to miss that city for the rest of 2022? (laughs) That is that is the worst city to travel to. There is no way around it. You got to drive there. It's just a mess. It's so boring. The ballpark is tough to navigate. It's just I do not like Cincinnati. Skyline is horrible. They upcharge it for a press meal. It's bad. I just not my city. I will take every single Chicago trip. I will take every single, you know, like Kansas City (laughs) trip. Get me away from Cincinnati. You get to go to the Big Apple. I get to go Uh, to the Big Apple for a week.
1: You get to go to the Big Apple for a week. There's an off day in there. I get a day just to hang out in New York. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. You can go hang out at Central Park. And, uh, you know, do whatever the friends do in, in New York. I mean, I'm showing my age a little bit there, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm i not a
0: fan of the show.
1: Oh, no, Alex. God, we made it all the way this far in the show without having a, a really big disagreement on, on a, a pop culture yeah. phenomenon. But,
0: oh, well. Oh, well. Should we talk some baseball? Or I guess
1: we- <laughs> I guess I guess I guess so. I guess All right. so.
0: We're gonna talk about literally the game here yeah. for 2023 because there are some rule changes coming next year that were approved on Friday. Uh the big one, of course, being the bigger bases. And yep. you know that that's, that that's just gonna completely change the game. This is going mm-hmm. against Abner Doubleday's vision. <laughs> but the two that people are really gonna be talking about. Are the pitch clock being implemented? Yep, and the banning of the infield shift. Mm -hmm. I picked a really good week to publish that mound visit mini in depth on the pitch clock. Talk to some managers who have been working with it all year. Talk to Quinn Priester about it. Talk to a couple major league pitchers about it. Just go read that. That's, I promise you, the best look you're going to get at a pitch clock in anywhere you know, in Pittsburgh right now, go read that minor league goes 14, 18 major league. It's going to be 15 seconds. If the bases are empty, 20 seconds. If the, if someone's on base, they're going to have the pickoff rule that everyone hates. We might see a spike in stolen bases because of it. I'm a little surprised they didn't do anything with the pickoff rule. I feel like this is something that might get changed next year. Again, just talking with some guys, you know, not necessarily with a quarter running today, like they aren't really in favor of that pickoff rule and, you know, the disengagements, but you kind of need that to make sure that the game does progress. I don't know. I want to see how big a spike in stolen bases there's going to be before we, you know, say the sky's is falling, because I think everyone would be, except for pitchers, would be on board with some more attempts there. Those are exciting plays.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know of all the of all the different things that that Rob Manfred has done to this game. Uh, I know the one thing that he and many other executives in the game want is more action mm-hmm. um, and. I, and obviously the the pitch clock, what the pitch clock does is it uh, limits the, or it, it shortens the amount of, uh, you know, obviously the length of time in between pitches, that's more action more often um, because obviously every time uh, a pitcher, <laughs> you know, throws the you know, pitches, uh, pitches the ball to home plate, you know, it. it anything can happen it's a strike it's a ball it's a foul ball it's a it's a bunt it's a hit it's a home run you know then all of the different outcomes um but yeah a spike in something like stolen bases maybe that that also um you know makes teams think more about okay let's play a little bit more small ball let's try to manufacture some more runs you know um i i think, some, I think I think traditional fans don't like the fact that they have to keep messing with the rules of the game, but it might help turn things back around a little bit more to more of a, some adding some of that stuff that, that old school baseball fans really like about the game and bringing that more into the game. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially when, if you watch baseball from the seventies or eighties, you watch some of those games that, oh, those pitchers get the ball, they step, on, step back on the rubber, the guys, the batters are in the batter's box, they, they're not stepping out and switching, you know, they're, you know, undoing and then redoing their batting gloves and rubbing their hands together and spitting and, you know, doing all these different things and, you know, it takes 30 seconds just to get back in the batter's box. You know, they pitcher gets the ball, steps back on the rubber, batter's still in the batter's box, he gets ready to go, next pitch. You know, um, I, I think something like that could end up helping. I know that whenever the pitch clock was first talked about, I was really, really against it. And I began to have some more <clears throat> conversations with some executives and the perspective that they gave with the with the, those who are in charge of the game, wanting the game to have more action more often. I've come around on it a little bit more uh but we'll obviously see how that plays out you know now that it is going to happen
0: my story with the pitch clock was you know i i'm a baseball purist i would say in my heart like i, I yeah. think people are a little surprised when it never i say that because they think you know <laughs> oh the analytics guy he wants to change everything but no like in my heart i i am a purist so i hear pitch clock and i go oh I, I don't know about it and it was a brief conversation I had with Dewey Robinson in April where it came up, and I was ready to bury it. And Dewey who has been in this game for 170 years, almost, you know, just, he's been in this for decades. He yeah. looked at me, he's like, Alex, I love the pitch clock. And mm-hmm. It was like, okay, well, okay. I know Dewey and me have a lot of overlap here at the purest stuff. So maybe mm-hmm. I should give this a shot going to those games in Altoona catching Mm -hmm. a game in Indianapolis this year like oh my goodness the game just moves yeah just they got rid of the waiting and I I love that anticipation sometimes I whenever it's a dramatic game like I don't really have a problem with like postseason games going on for hours like a lot of people complain about but like whatever, it's 7-2 to two in the sixth inning, and the game is already two and a half hours old, and it's like, oh, my God, please, can we just get this going? Oh, yeah. There's no anticipation there. That's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's streamline this process a little bit. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, not a whole lot of pitchers get a pitch in within 15 seconds, though. I think Keller's the only one who's doing it on the Pirates right now. Like, Yeah. I think, like, Brubaker's at, like, 15.3 or something, so it's not going to be like, a, oh, my God, this is a huge – Right. change for it but it, it might be for guys like Nar who take a little longer yeah you know guys who throw upper 90s and need those extra couple seconds to recharge yep it's going to have an impact mm. in the game absolutely on just shortening the game
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i think finding a way to act this is what pace of play has been building up to for this decade yeah like everything else has just been Band aids whenever you need surgery. Yep, and here we go. Here's the surgery.
1: Yeah, it, it really is something that that should end up having an an overall positive impact on the game because the game is. I mean, <laughs> baseball has to find a better way to market its own market its game. They they have to. And what's the one of the best ways to do that? is to appeal to the next generation because if the next generation of, of sports fans don't give a crap about baseball, they're not going to teach their kids about the game. And it's just going to be lesser and lesser people over time, not watching the game. And um, if you make it more fun, if you make it more, you know, action-packed and you make sure that these games aren't lasting forever, listen, football is, is a huge sport, you know, and, and college football is very, very big in its own right. But even with something like college football last week, during both the Pitt game and the Penn State game, I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing people complaining about how long each one of those games took. And that Penn State game was almost four hours long. You know, even for a sport like football that is obviously more popular than baseball, it does get to a point where it doesn't matter what the sport is. If the game's taking too freaking long, you got to oh, find yeah. a way to try to shorten it. And baseball is taking an, an actual tangible step in trying to do that. And as much as the baseball purist in me, like, you, like yourself, doesn't like putting a clock on a timeless game. I am in favor of trying to make, and I'm not saying this because I like to go cover a game and celebrate whenever the game you know, is over and under three hours for my own personal sanity, but For the game itself, it does need to be streamlined better and definitely a faster game, and baseball is doing that. So I do applaud them for that.
0: The other rule change I can't get behind. I will die on the hill that the infield shift is a good thing. And if you don't like it, learn to throw down a bunt, learn to beat it, go the other way. I I just can't – this was a losing battle mm-hmm. because any single time in baseball history where there has been a change or there has been a development that really impacts offense, it's taken away from the pitchers and the defense. And this is ju- – this was inevitable. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of ridiculous that we're doing this pitch clock thing which is like, oh, this will create more stolen bases. This will incentivize, you know, people to put the ball in play. It will incentivize contact. I don't think that's going to happen with, you know, yeah. With this, it's going to be okay, Joey Gallo. We've taken away the best way that teams can get you out. Yep. Swing for the fences. Who cares yeah. if you need more balls in play? This is
1: not the way to do it. No, I. I if, if the motive behind it was to make sure there are more balls in play that the, the, the I agree one hundred percent this was not the way to do it. Um, the, it's 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 funny to me because there's a part of me that that doesn't like when teams shift. I, I remember I, I, I did cover the Rangers for two for two years and for uh, I, a season and a half of that, I did cover Joey Gallo. And um, seeing some of the <laughs> some of the, the, the ways that teams would, de- I mean, they would de- you know, deploy four outfielders. They would have nobody in the infield on the left side of, of second base. Like literally not one person. He could just bunt it over there, like bunt it really hard. Not even down the third base line. Just as long as it got past the pitcher, and you still might be able to get a double out of it. Um, it's it it's some of the most most crazy stuff. And so that part of it that part of it to me is like, I don't like seeing defenses line up like that. But at the same time, there does need to be some sort of some sort of, it, that does fall on the hitter as well. The hitter does have to learn, like, okay, and, and this has become – and this goes into a whole this a whole nother rabbit trail here of don't be swinging out of your shoes every single time you swing the bat. Like, yeah, you want to hit the ball hard, but when you have two strikes, you know, you, you hear things about shortening up and making sure that you're putting the ball in play. Um, and when the shift was there, you know, you had an opportunity to do that. Um, but that's exactly what defenses at the same time. That's exactly what defenses want you to do. If, if defenses shift a guy like Joey Gallo that hard and Joey Gallo learns how to bunt and keeps bunting the other way, I don't believe that teams are going to stop, stop shifting him because they're doing exactly what they want to do. They're making sure he's not hitting home runs. They'll make Joey Gallo a singles hitter all day. Um, so There is, there is, you know, pros and cons. It definitely helps out pitching and defense to be able to have those shifts in there. But some of the best hitters in the, or I want to say best hitters, some of the most exciting hitters in the game, you know, being able to now swing, you know, away. But then again, I don't know. I'm kind of riding both sides of the fence there, but uh, I understand both perspectives too, so.
0: I'll just speak up for the pitchers, like they they should.
1: Hey, I I'm all about. Yeah, I I've actually leaned more and more towards pitching over the year. I used to be like a like, which side do you kind of lean on a little bit? I used to lean more towards hitters hit, hitters than over time. I've kind of gravitated a little bit more towards pitchers because at, at one point I was like, no, get rid of the shift. I don't like it at all. And then over time, it's kind of been like, oh, I kind of understand both sides of it, you know. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Purist in me, purist in me. Give
0: them a shot clock, but don't tell them where they can, you know, position their fielders. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll do a one eighty on the infield shift here in a bit. Also, well. Depends if Dewey Robinson is anything good
1: for you. That'd be the person to ask. That
0: would be, yes. (laughs) Dewey has a very strong he could influence my my opinion on a lot of things. (laughs) We're going to take a break here. We'll be back here in a couple minutes. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. had to think for a second, like, okay, no, this is, you have one show, Alex, you should probably remember the name of it. Looking at this rotation down the stretch. Yeah. I I kind of have always had my spidey sense going all year that, hey, maybe Mike Burrows can finish off the year and make a Rowanji Contreras start at the end. But he's dealing with some shoulder inflammation right now, not closing the door of him pitching again this year. But boy, oh boy, does that not help, you know, whenever there's a finite amount of time here. The Pirates didn't use the word doubtful. Doubtful. I would consider it doubtful that that's going to happen here. So I kind of look at Johan Oviedo and Zach Thompson and Tyler Beatty and... Bryce Wilson and Miguel, you And like that double header, we saw literally every number five pitcher go for the pirates and <laughs> or number five going into next year, I guess. Yeah. Option because I, I could see them signing a veteran. I don't see them really acquiring, you know, two or three starting pitchers where none of those guys are just going to be clear cut. No, you're not going to be in the rotation.
1: Yeah.
0: Next year. Like I'm, I'm sure there'll be some sort of opportunity to at least compete for a spot there, but I, I, I don't know. Let's, I, I like your hooray, and I, I say that more based off of what I saw in 2021 than what I saw in 2022, where mechanics really got out of wonk. I think he's trending towards the right direction. I think he's maybe figured some things out, hopefully for his sake he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Bryce Wilson has the second highest DRA out of any pitcher with 80 pitch this year. And that Thompson has flashed some good things, but he's also been hit hard. And I I don't know. Tyler Beattie is a reliever to me. Yeah. And I I just go through all these. Johan Oviedo has not been able to pitch efficiently Mm -hmm. at all. And it's, it's a lifetime whenever he, whenever he throws an inning. So, I mean, there's some stuff there. I think Oviedo could be a, a major league pitcher, and like the slider especially has gotten a lot more movement since he's come to Pittsburgh, so whatever they've been working on has been translating. Yeah. But you look at the overall package right there, and it's not that anyone's going to get really excited for the number five starter, but I look at Contreras, and I look at Brubaker, and I look at Keller, and I'm like, those are three legitimate major league pitchers right there. And you can say, well, Keller's not an ace. I'm not saying he's an ace. I'm saying if Mitch Keller's one of five, you're not thinking twice. If JPT Brubaker is one of five, you're not thinking twice. Those guys are, you know, starters anywhere in baseball. Yeah. And that's good. You need five good pitchers. Pirates have three. Where are the other two coming from? It can't just be relying on Burroughs and Priester. It has to be, and they're not going to realistically sign, you know, two or three. So someone out of this grouping kind of needs to step up here
1: yeah and uh you know, what's really interesting and I guess, well, from one side of it, you know, some of those guys really have been you know showing you know you talk about Zach Thompson, you know showing flashes of some things and and Tyler Beatty has definitely had more success as a reliever than as a starter and but even Bryce Wilson, he had a stretch there for a while. Uh, the four or five starts where it was like, okay, he's putting some things together, you know, and uh, I, I want to say, I don't remember the exact numbers there, but I, it was around the time where I covered, uh, he had a start in Baltimore, I was covering the series in Baltimore, and I think after that series, <clears throat> or after that start there, there he had had like a, like a five start stretch or something like that with an ERA under four, and it's like, okay, this is becoming you know he's kind of showing a little bit of a recipe of, for something that he can do, and maybe not become a, a pitcher that they can rely on to take the ball every fifth day, but be a guy who can provide some length out of the bullpen and spot start every now and then. But the consistency has yet to really take yes. take form there. So I'm going to um, disagree
0: there because I, I I've. Notice a very consistent theme of like Bryce Wilson starts where every single start he's going to give up somewhere between three to five 50 50 balls. Yeah. 50 50 or better fly balls where it's like that's either a home run or, you know, it's hit very far. And whenever he has a good start, it's a solo shot or two that crosses over. Yeah. And whenever it's a bad start, it's a three or four run shot. And there's nothing more to it than that, right. just like complete. It's coin flips. It's coin yeah. flips. And it's like, I, I don't know. I'm just not. I just don't see him being part of a major league rotation going forward. And I don't know if this no. stuff translates enough where it's like, OK, this guy is going to be a clear reliever. Kind of like, I mean, last year with Will Crow, I've got the, the live files to back it up, whatever. I'm like, put him in the bullpen because he's got this change up. Let's yeah. build around this pitch. Yeah. I don't see that with Bryce.
1: No, and that's the thing with Bryce is that there's there's not one pitch yeah. that really stands out. It's kind of like, okay, he's got the sinker going tonight. You know, he's he's getting the guys to really roll over on that quite a bit. And then the next time, he's leaving the sinker too too far up in the zone and they're pounding it. Um, you know, same thing, you know, or, or – he's getting the sinker, you know, He he's doing a good job, you know, with the sinker, but he's not able to complement it with any, either of his breaking balls. And anytime he tries to throw one, it's either in the dirt and has no chance to be a strike or he's leaving it smacked down in the middle of the plate and it's going to get hit 450 feet. Um. So yeah, there have definitely been some, some areas there where it's not been like, you know, in order to be a starter, you have to be able to, to, attack you know hitters you know multiple times uh, and you have to be able to do it with multiple multiple pitches you can't just rely on fastball slider or fast or sinker slider or you know fastball curveball and just expect oh i can go through the lineup three times and and do nothing but that no you got to be able to you got to be more dynamic than that especially in today's game so um but yeah, it. it I mean, you, you look at that group. Yeah, it, there definitely is. I, I don't want to, you know, you know, write off any of these guys. But yeah, you heard. No, it. no. It look, looks, looks like okay. There's some potential there, and uh, I don't want to, you know. I mean, Oviedo. I mean, the the again, the potential's there, and I, I I think you know we're still seeing. You know, still need to see quite a bit more from them. Uh, but you know, you Zach Thompson and Bryce Wilson have had a really good chance to audition. For that, this year, and uh, I think Thompson's in a better standing than Wilson is right now. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of you know, moving forward, yeah, some somebody's got to step up because the Pirates aren't going to be you know, ever going to be big spenders in free agency, so you can't really rely on them, you know, going out unless they you know, happen to land a Francisco Liriano or a, you know, or acquire an AJ Burnett like they have before. Um, yeah. but you've pretty much got to be able to, Yeah, the best way the pirates can possibly compete is to build a rotation all from within. And then if you have the luxury of being able to spend $10 million a year on a starter, then great, you're able to do it. But yeah,
0: yeah but don't count on it. They can't spend it, but these guys were acquired and they were acquired yeah. for, for players. Yep. And they were all acquired with the moniker of were we think they could be major league starters. Yep. Bryce Wilson cost Richard Rodriguez. Yeah. Zach Thompson cost Jacob Stallings. Johan Oviedo cost Jose Quintana. And Miguel Jure cost Jamison Tadon. Now they weren't the only players in their trades. They might not Mm -hmm. even be in some cases the best players in the trades or the players that the Pirates gave up, you know, had great seasons or afterwards. But it's, you're, best way in terms of player acquisition if you were the pirates is through trade yeah that is the one or the most reliable avenue maybe not reliable but the best opportunity probably for them to acquire impact talent is going to be through trades because they can find a jose cantana every once in a while but or daniel vogel back but you're also going to have to deal with a Heath Hembry and a Yoshi Sutsugo and, a, you know, that other way. It's a very double edged <laughs> sword right there. Yep. Trade gives you the best possibility of acquiring future impact players. And these guys were acquired very much, not just saying lip service, you know, like, oh, yeah. we think it could be a starter. Like, no, there was some genuine, they could be a starter. And I don't see it with some guys. Maybe Zach Thompson could be a you know, breakout on the bullpen where he just throws that cutter and that curve primarily, and the fastball sinker just pops up every once in a while. Johan Oviedo, I think, is probably better suited for a reliever, and the Major League track record will show that. So Probably, far. yeah. I think Juhure still has the best chance of being the fifth, being yeah. a Major League starter, if he could just get that extra tick or two on his fastball and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Two big ifs for him, but... Oh, no, I look at this rotation and they are definitely going to be. People say, do the Pirates have enough pitching? that's a very common thing that comes up in my live cues. They do if Burroughs and Priester and some of these other big guys come through. If they
1: don't. It's gonna be bad. Yes. Really it's gonna be
0: there is really very bad. little safety net here. It could they could potentially be good, but there is not a whole lot of wiggle room.
1: Yeah. And well, and see that's the point of a rebuild is if you're going to sell your players, <coughs> if you're going to sell Jacob Stallings, if you're gonna sell Adam Frazier, yes. if you're gonna sell James. Yes, Pion- you should
0: have major league starters out of it instead yes. of just this grouping of well, maybe number fives.
1: Yeah um have they you know potentially hit on some players in ways that they maybe weren't expecting like i i don't i I don't you you could correct me here but i don't remember the hype around o'neill cruz being as high as it was when he was a you know compared to now as as it was when he was acquired
0: i whenever Um, he was acquired it was one of those hey this guy this guy could be really good, but it's also a complete lottery ticket.
1: Right. So, yeah. and, and now it's been more like, okay. It's not saying that it's been like a sure thing. Like this guy is going to turn into a bonafide superstar, but it definitely feels like more and more people feel a little bit better about that than when he was originally acquired. And then in the Adam Fraser trade right now, the best player from that, from that, you know, that package that was, you know, uh, <laughs> that came back, it's late, man. Uh, give me, give <laughs> forgive me a little bit. Uh, the best player, you know, in that, in that return has actually been Jack Swinski it hasn't even been Marcano and Marcano was the number one guy in that, in that package. So um, not saying Marcano can't, but, you know, just based off of, you know, what, Oh, it's been like, okay, that was a really nice surprise so far, but, there's still a long way to go with all the stuff, but yeah, the pirates have to hit on these guys. If you sell your players, you have to hit on what you get back. Cause if you don't, yeah, it's just going to be, then you're not going to have any stores to sell and how are you going to acquire players at that point? So, I mean, mm-hmm. it could, it could get really, really bad. And so the pirates have to do a really good job with uh, player development. You know, that you get these prospects from, from other from other clubs, man, you got to be able to to you know whether you acquired them when they were a single A player or they were double A or they're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the major leagues. You got to make sure that you can put the finishing touches on them uh, in in the player development side, and you know get it done because if not, man, there might be some um, mediocre at best baseball on uh, the North Shore for a long time.
0: On that note, we're going to take a break here. we got a little more show left to go here. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. Chris... This isn't goodbye yet. No, of course not. But with uh, Dale announcing that he is leaving for a new position here Mm -hmm. at uh, Steelers.com, that means Chris is getting all Steelers coverage all the time after that Red Series. Yes. I I definitely get that one off. But then after that, it's going to be, you know. You're stuck with Alex. (laughs) You're stuck with me on baseball. You're and you've got Chris on football. So, I don't know how much longer this current setup is going to be. Not to sound like I'm kicking you out the door here, like no. I you you're, you're going to be watching Pirates baseball next week like I, I I have a feeling we're going to be talking at least a little Pirates baseball Oh no, we week. should but we
1: should yeah, we should talk next week for sure just yeah. because, you know, I'll be, you know, taking in four games next week and you know i'll definitely have plenty to 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 write about not only in game stories but there will probably probably be some stuff uh from me in our friday insider and uh mm-hmm. yeah there will definitely be some stuff for us to to talk about um, I, I might want to rip my hair out uh, after i've spent four days in Cincinnati. um but uh, <laughs> you're gonna have
0: I- to compare ballparks
1: oh yeah i mean well shoot a man like well and they're right next to each other too like they are yeah i was about to call it paul brown stadium it's pay stadium now pay stadium and great american ballpark are uh, pretty much right next to it. they might be closer to each other than the steelers and pirate stadiums are um but uh yeah no i'm definitely uh definitely you know obviously excited about you know my you know new role and you know doing you know, all Steelers coverage, it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about the opportunity, but uh, at the same time, you know, you know, everything that I've been able to help out with pirate stuff and, you know, our conversations, you know, that, that come out every Saturday, you know, I've enjoyed them. And uh, if we can find a way to to continue that, then I'm I'm good with that. But uh, if uh, we're nearing the end here uh, and it's going to be somebody else taking over for me, they have a high bar. I'll just be, I'll just come up, come right out and say it. They have a high bar. Um, <laughs> so. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, just saying, you're, <laughs> it, it, the listeners are going to be disappointed. I, I am.
1: <laughs> this show is going to hell.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think I better stop talking now. <laughs>
0: and if you want to keep up with this show, that's going to hell. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find podcasts he will be able to find everything else here that we put up on the DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network for Chris Halleck, who is trying so hard not to laugh right here and ruin this outro. I'll drag it out a little bit. See if I can get him the crack. All right. He's doing well. Good for him. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.